Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC, providing primary and advanced specialty care throughout all of central Pennsylvania and beyond. A list of providers in the area can be found at upmc.com slash findadoc. Let's start with a few questions. How old is your dishwasher? Do you rinse the dishes before putting them in the dishwasher? Chances are you probably do, because that's what we were taught to do growing up. But our guest today says if your dishwasher is fairly new, and that means just a few years old, you shouldn't have to rinse the dishes and you're using water and paying for water when you don't have to. That's just one example from a recent column by Washington Post climate advice columnist Michael Corrin, who recently wrote that we're still using appliances like it's 1970. Michael Corrin joins us on The Spark today. Mr. Corrin, welcome to the program. Thank you. Great to be here. All right. So I read your column and didn't rinse dishes before putting them into the dishwasher, unless they were caked with food over the last couple of weeks. But I have to admit, I felt guilty. You're an advice <laughs> columnist. How can I rid myself of this dishwasher guilt? Well, it's actually easy. You just have to do less work. Um, the, the, there's actually the, the dishwashers these days are built just for that purpose. Um, they even insert an entire cake in some cases, and that dishwasher can dissolve it. So um, while it's, there's a few exceptions, for the most part, um, they're designed to take a little bit of water, wash your dishes without any pre-rinsing, just scraping, and save you multiples uh, of energy and water in the process. Okay, so we use that as an example, and that was one of the examples in your column. But why don't people know this? Why are they still rinsing their dishes, putting them in the dishwasher like it's 1970? <laughs> well, it's it's a good reason is that it didn't work before. Um, for a long time, appliances were quite inefficient. Um, but starting in the 1970s, uh, California and then other states in Congress began to tighten uh, efficiency standards. And today, um, the inc the increase in efficiency and effectiveness of the appliances is, you know, order of magnitude better than, than they were in the past. Were there even dishwashers in 1970? The, uh, the first patent was filed in 1800. Really? Um, I w yes. Um, and I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend that one, but um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they've been around. They've been around. Yeah, yeah, that one probably wasn't very energy efficient. So, what prompted this column? Well, um, you know, we, my editor and I were discussing this and, and she had been speaking with uh, one of the executives, uh, one of the appliance companies who had mentioned that it is actually more efficient just to wash eight dishes uh, or about in your dishwasher than to do it by hand. And we thought that was an intriguing number. We also were very skeptical. Um, and so we started looking into it and realized that almost all the appliances we're using today are, are just almost a, a different machine than they were about 10 or 15 years ago. And that raises a question, and I said in the introduction, a fairly new dishwasher, and I said several years <laughs> old. What do you yeah. call new? Well, um, you know, I, it's let's put it this way. the Even 10 years ago, um, you saw a lot of the efficiency improvements, for example, a refrigerator. Um, there's been massive improvements since then, um, but something in the last five to six years is doing quite well. Um, in fact, if you bought a top-of-the-line um, dishwasher eight years ago, it's uh, basically the standard entry level today. 
Hmm. So I joked about uh, feeling guilty about uh, not rinsing the dishes before putting them into the dishwasher. But as I said, much of what you describe in your column seems to be embedded in us from when we were growing up, that whether we were alive in 1970 or, you know, (laughs) after that, you know, you use the example of of your father following you around in the house and saying, turn the lights off. But I I mean, how do we get out of these habits if they're (laughs) embedded in us? Yeah, it's it's a good question. Um, you know, it, there's a little bit of the your, your your intellect has to override your instincts for a few days, but you build these habits pretty quickly, and especially when you realize that it's actually essentially the right thing to do. Um, if you're washing stuff by hand, with with very few exceptions, if you're doing it with two basins, for example, you know, a wash and a rinse, you're actually just wasting water and time. I think the EPA estimates. If for, for a flat family over the course of a year, if you're doing all your dishes by hand, that's a 10 day vacation. Um, so I, I, my, my personal experience was just putting it in top of your mind. I tried to make the story as intriguing and counterintuitive as possible. And then uh, you, you kind of change your ways. How much water does it waste or do we use when we rinse rather than just putting it straight into the dishwasher? Right. Um, great question. Well, let's see. So um, I, I can't remember the exact number per dish, um, but essentially uh, the standard dishwasher only uses three, about three to 3.5 gallons per load. Um, so that works out to far less than half a gallon um, per plate. And if you're running the dishes with a faucet on, you're, there's just no way you're going to beat that unless you're incredibly efficient. Um, and the way the dishwashers do it is they have a light sensor inside that looks at the amount of um, uh, essentially the, the transparency of the water. So they know exactly how clean or, or dirty the water is, and they use just the right amount of water and heat. So uh, good luck trying to beat your dishwasher. Mm. And I, obviously, I don't want to focus the entire program on dishwashers, but yeah. there, are, <laughs> sure. there, there are people, I mean, it's a good example. There are people out there who are saying, well, what if I have spaghetti sauce or something caked onto my dish? I have to rinse it, don't I? Yeah. So, so, you know, I thought that too. And I just ran that experiment and with very few exceptions, that isn't true. Like the, as long as the water and the pressure uh, is able to reach all the surface, uh, it, the, the dishwasher uses heat to dislodge those, those particles and then it able, is able to rinse, rinse that off. Um, so yeah, I won't say never, but it is relatively rare. You start your column with that anecdote of your own, your dad always telling you to turn off the lights. And yeah. I can just hear it myself because mm. everyone has done it. Save <laughs> save the energy, turn off the lights. Yeah. But as you point out in the column, that's not even in the top 10 of ways to save energy, right? Of course. Yes, it isn't. Uh, you should turn off your lights if you're not using it. Don't get me wrong. But um, because LEDs specifically are so efficient, uh, 90% more efficient than incandescents, you actually, it's just not even around an error when you look at the top users of energy in your home, which are heating and cooling for space heating and essentially any appliance that deals with water. So your, your water heater, your dishwasher. So, you know, as we move forward, we really need to think uh, about where can we have the biggest bang for our buck. And uh, it seems that heat pumps um, for your heating and cooling 
Um, and then efficient, you know, dishwashers and refrigerators are going to be a big one. Um, and I think this hit a note because there's all sorts of debates and, and marital strife about these questions. <laughs> <laughs> marital strife. I actually have had this conversation with my wife last week after reading your column. I don't know if I'd rise to the level of strife, but right. she disagreed <laughs> with the rinsing part of the of, of the dishes. And something you mentioned in your column is that uh, we will be uh, we will stop selling incandescent light bulbs later this year, right? That's right. So you'll just have LEDs and I think some halogen or some other ones, but they'll all be much more efficient because they're performing. They're not actually technically banned. It's that the efficiency standards have gone up and incandescents just can't meet them. You know, I get the sense that many of us have bought appliances based on looks. And yes, we may take a look at the tag about energy, but that looks is the most important thing when we're buying an appliance rather than how much energy it saves. Would I be accurate in that? Uh, you know, I was just speaking with an economist about this question, and he said the exact same thing. <laughs> so I think we are not rational creatures when it comes to what appliances we own. Uh, I will say that when you look at the Energy Star rating, which is the kind of voluntary rating that it rates a top 25%, the most efficient appliances are often um, the, 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 the ones that you are, are most attractive as well. And so I don't think there's any compromise there. Um, they can be a little more expensive, but it's not a uh, over the lifetime of the appliance you're saving money. Okay, that's a that's a big point. If people will not uh, think about uh, how much their electric bill is going to be next month, but look a few years down the road, they can save money and it evens out, right? That's right. Uh, and there's I think there's some calculators online that you can you can look at that. Uh, but generally speaking, um, the more efficient appliances are going to save you money, especially when you're looking at things that you're using quite often, like the um, the heating and cooling and, and things like that. Um, and luckily, now with the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, there is unprecedented incentives and rebates um, to, to pay for a lot of this. So um, it's really been a never been a better time. Um, so if you have an ancient, ancient appliance, like 10, 20, I've heard of 30 years old, get, recycle it. There are people who will haul it away. Sometimes you have to pay for that. Sometimes utilities will pay you to take it away, um, and then you can replace it. If it's just a few years old, you should stick with it. And at some point, we'll get to the point where appliances are as efficient as they almost can be, and they will last much longer. Unfortunately, we're not there yet. I want to talk about heating and cooling uh, before we move on a little bit. Uh, you mentioned that heating and cooling our homes is what uses the most energy. What can yes. we do about it? Well, uh, that's about 50% of your total energy. And uh, the short answer is heat pumps. Um, there has never been a more efficient technology uh, to heat and cool homes. And what the nice thing is that you actually, almost everyone already owns one, at least in a refrigerator, which essentially is just a heat pump that moves heat around. It's not actually burning anything or trying to cool stuff off with some chem chemicals per se. So um, the new heat pumps, uh, old heat pumps have a bad reputation. They, they, the early ones weren't that efficient. They couldn't cool or heat in very extreme temperatures. The new ones are the opposite. Um, not only are they very efficient, they're very effective. Um, and I have a friend who lives in 
I think uh, Wyoming and she was a negative 20 degrees and was heating her home just fine with one. So it's possible. Yeah, there was a story uh, out in the last few weeks about a home in Maine that was using a heat pump and it was just well insulated. And the the family did not have a problem keeping that that, uh, home warm, even though temperatures were well below zero. Uh, There have been those who have tried to trash heat pumps, those. I mean, some, some industries that have tried to trash heat pumps as not being efficient and not working with those extreme temperatures that you were talking about. Right. Um, that just isn't true. Um, there are cases where you might want a, a gas a supplementary one, um, which, which some systems have, although that's less and less necessary these days. I would say that the biggest problem, honestly, is finding contractors um, to install these in, in existing homes. And I think I had that problem myself. Uh, when I tried to replace one, and I think that will be a major bottleneck going forward. Um, yeah. What about smart thermostats? So um, <laughs> they've been around a, a quite a while, um, and then the great news is they actually work uh, very well. Uh, they're they're pretty much set it and forget it. They learn your habits. They can actually mine connects with my my phone, so when I'm not here, it automatically adjusts the temperature. And if you're living in an old house, which I do, it's able to save quite a bit over the course of the year and uh, hundreds of dollars typically um, by avoiding over, overheating your house or overcooling. Um, the, the nice thing that with the heat pumps is that um, heat pumps are so efficient, you don't even you don't need the smart thermostats as often because you can keep the same temperature in the house throughout because um, they work most efficiently uh, just maintaining a steady temperature. Hmm. Hot water heater. Understand that the hot water heaters use a lot of energy. What can we do about it? Uh, they do. And again, I guess I'm going back to the same technology, which is heat pumps. Um, and uh, I'm in the process of replacing mine, um, but I haven't I haven't done all of the research yet. But my understanding is the next generation of um, of tank of water heaters. You can both get tankless uh, or tank uh, as as heat pumps, um, and they they work quite well. Um, so that will be that will be the next column, perhaps. My hot water heater is in the basement that is not heated. Does the mm-hmm. temperature around that hot water heater is it uh, influenced by uh, its surroundings? It's influenced, but a good uh, installer uh, will be able to add enough insulation uh, and arrange that properly. So that shouldn't be a, a major problem. Hmm. Refrigerators. Uh, you know, I, most people probably, if you ask them and they don't know a whole lot about uh, efficiency and uh, what appliances uh, are more efficient today, would probably point to the refrigerator as the appliance that uses the most energy. But that's not the case. You kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. That's right. Um, it was really remarkable when I started looking into this. Um, you know, old refrigerators were what's the most energy hungry appliance in your house. And today they're actually one of the most efficient. Um, I think the energy savings have been about two thirds over the last 30 to 40 years, while the inside has in- the inside area has increased by about 20%. And that's thanks to better insulation, better compressors, um, just better design. Um, and so we've gotten to the point now, and I had to run these numbers, but I confirmed it with several engineers, that the, the most modern uh, efficient refrigerators now use less energy than a 60-watt 60 60 incandescent light bulb on average. Wow. I mean, that would shock a lot of people. A light bulb, a light yeah. bulb using more than the refrigerator. <laughs> 
Yep, on average, because it only turns on a few times. And when it does, it's incredibly efficient. And so over the course of the day, you'd be using more energy with a light bulb than your modern refrigerator. And so the corollary to that is the old refrigerators. And a lot, 20 some percent of US households have an old refrigerator sitting in their garage, and my, my parents do too, uh, is actually just consuming a lot of energy. And with, with very few exceptions, is not worth keeping. Uh, it's really inefficient and they can be recycled. And if you need a second or want a second refrigerator, um, you know, it's going to pay for itself in a relatively short amount of time to get a much more efficient one. So that old refrigerator in the garage that keeps the beer cold is costing a lot more more than that case of beer. Uh, over time, uh, yes. And if there's any leaks or anything like that, it's it's a real climate hazard. Um, so better better not to, to keep those ancient appliances like that. Right, here's a question that I, I, I find similar to turning off the lights in the room, and that is opening and closing the refrigerator door. Does that uh, <laughs> does that take more so, energy? Yeah, that's not a great one either. Um, that if that's that's a good time, a good food, a good heat. Uh, sorry, uh, cool um, waster. So if you're able to actually arrange your food in a in a way that's easy to find, and not you don't have to sit there, then that's that's a big savings. Um, one of the biggest emissions uh, in the U.S. is from our food supply that we waste so much food. So it's a combination of not keeping the door open and then not letting. Are, are you there? Oh, I'm here. Oh, okay. I, all of a sudden, you were cut off there. I thought maybe uh, the electric company was uh, cutting us <laughs> off. If I wanted to be a, a conspiracy theorist. Uh, what here. about washing machines and dryers? So that's a, another good one. Um, the washing machine, you know, the, the, the biggest thing here um, is they have become more efficient. The settings, you don't need to turn up the settings to you know the most soiled every time. You also don't need to use hot water. Most of the detergents that today are formulated specifically to work in cold water. Um, that saves a lot of energy. Um, and similar to dishwashers, they have a sensor so they can tell exactly how dirty that water is. Um, they used to just fill the, fill the tub, wash the clothes and drain it. Now they, uh, these, the machines actually determine how much water based on the soil level of the clothes. And then the next generation of, uh, clothes of dryers will be heat pumps as well. Um, so we're just starting to see those hit the market um, and we'll, we'll see uh, the adoption rate. Are they more expensive? Or will they be they more are, expensive? They are more expensive right now, I believe, um, but they should come down over time, similar to how other technologies have followed that cost curve. Um, and they do, when the clothes come out, they don't feel as warm and hot as they do with a gas or electric, um, but they actually are quite as dry. So there's going to be some changes about whether people will be um, you know, easily adopt them the way they have other appliances. Here in central Pennsylvania, we have a lot of Amish families, and Amish families uh, very often are hanging their clothes out to dry outside. Uh, mm -hmm. Is obviously that saves from using a dryer, but should be more should more people be doing that? You know, it's a great question, and in in many cases, this is a choice you have to make for yourself um, from an energy perspective and a climate perspective. Absolutely. Um, if you can use the existing energy flows that are all around you to, to do the work you need, then that is the way you should do it. Um, and it's actually much, much gentler on your clothes. So they'll last longer. They're more durable. Um, and it's really a question of time and convenience and availability if you have that space. 
So I would never say don't do that. Um, that's always going to be efficient in this case. It's a little bit unlike dishwashers where it actually is more efficient to use the machine. But um, but really, it's a personal choice. So when buying a new appliance, what should consumers be looking for? Well, your Energy Star rating is really going to tell you a lot. Um, those are the top 25% or so and the top you know, um, strata of appliances that have met um, certain energy efficiency criteria by the EPA. It's a voluntary standard. Um, and then you're able to, to know that that appliance has gone through rigorous testing uh, and then met those standards. And you're going to get the most efficient appliances on the market. And then almost every appliance has a rating uh, also that's just, I think, energy guide that just tells you how much does this appliance use relative to other ones. And so um, sometimes the sticker price is a little higher for the more efficient ones, but I, I will say you will it will pay for itself in most cases. And if you apply for those rebates or incentives, it's a no-brainer. The Washington Post last year started a new climate section, uh, and you are a climate advice columnist. I, my guess is there are very few climate advice columnists uh, in newspapers or actually in any media across the country. How does one become a climate advice columnist? It's <laughs> um, a good question. Uh, I might be the first. Um, I think one spends many years uh, wrestling with these questions, trying to figure that out, writing about it, and then one day finds out that someone's created a job for uh, the thing that you've been trying to do for a long time. So uh, I wouldn't recommend it as a, a surefire career course, but it's, but it's been a great journey for me. You don't think that there will be colleges and universities across this country that will have majors for uh, climate advice columnists, huh? I hope so. I hope they do. Um, there's certainly <laughs> enough work out there, and I would highly recommend that even if you don't become a columnist, there's plenty of jobs out there on the same idea. Michael Corrin, I want to thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you. My pleasure.